Welcome to the Vineyard Boise Sunday Message Podcast. You can join us live on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on Facebook, YouTube, and vineyardboise.org slash live. Subscribe to our message podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. And if you'd like to support Vineyard Boise, you can give online at vineyardboise.org slash give. Today's message is brought to you by Pastor Brent Jones. Enjoy. How are you? Good. Good. I don't know what you said, but I, I'm just going to trust that you're good. Uh, well, I don't, I don't know about you or what's been going on in your life, but this week, my family and I have had a roller coaster week. And not a roller coaster like, woohoo, let's go do that again. <laughs> you know, some roller coasters are like that, right? Like you get off and you're like, let's go back, let's do it again. Our week was not that way. Our week was like one of those giant wooden roller coasters that like you get off of it and the conductor's like, you've just sucked away 10 years of your life. How do you feel? You got it. Yeah, you know that movie. Anyway, never mind. It doesn't matter. <laughs> That's what our week has been like. Um, yeah, uh, a week ago, uh, our youngest daughter, Violet, uh, was taken in for emergency surgery uh, to remove a massive infection in the mastoid process of her skull uh, that was caused by a growth in her ear. And it was very scary. Uh, and it's been quite a week. Um, she, she's watching right now. Hi, Violet. Uh, she's home. Praise the Lord. She's home and she's healing. Yeah, we're super thankful. But I just wanted to give you an update. You know, when she, she's told a couple people about it. And when she does, she, she says, you know, mastoid like asteroid. She helps him understand where it's at in her head. And so she's doing, she's doing well. She's healing up, and she is feeling better every day. And, you know, if you think you can keep a nine-year-old on a couch all day, I'd like to see you try. Uh, there's, there's no amount of movies in Disney Channel that can get that done. But we are thankful. We're so thankful for the goodness of God and, you know, the, the discoveries that, that happen in surgery that we're just so thankful for to know and to... Um, you know, it was a really scary time. It's been kind of a touch-and-go kind of a week, and we're super thankful for every text and every prayer and every meal and every hug and every email and message. We're so thankful. We're so thankful to be a part of this family, and, and, and we feel super blessed to be here. Um, you know, I, I was talking with somebody about this this week. You know, I don't know, as I was sitting in that hospital room waiting uh, during a surgery that was supposed to take an hour that ended up taking about two and a half, and um, we didn't know what was going on, and they came out and they said a whole bunch of really scary stuff with some words we didn't understand. Um, I don't know how people go through that without Jesus. I don't know how people walk through difficult seasons of their life without Jesus. I can't imagine being there waiting and not having the Savior of my soul, my friend forever, near me through the Holy Spirit. I can't imagine being there, you know, Kate and I just waiting in that room, just like looking at each other, not having a hope. Not having a hope. This morning, I don't know how your week has been. I don't know how your life's going right now. But if you are not walking in the hope of Jesus Christ, let me tell you, you need Jesus. 
If you're here on campus and you're joining us on, or you're joining us online in your living room or your hospital room or wherever you are today, I want to tell you that there's hope to be found only in the name of Jesus. And there's no one like him. You know, we felt such overwhelming peace through all of this process that only he could bring. Some, when you feel like you just think, why am I actually okay right now? It's because Jesus. When you, I'm, we're walking through this time, we're just saying, how are we all right right now? The Holy Spirit. And so if you don't know Jesus today, I want to let you know that you can know him today. I'd love to pray with you right after this time together. I'd love to pray with you and introduce you to Jesus Christ. The Bible says that he's the author and the finisher of our faith. He's, the Bible says that in him there's peace that passes all understanding, and I've experienced that this week, and I'd love to share him with you. Well, that's actually not my message today. So I'm, I'm not going to be too long today because I know we, we, uh, we have stuff to do, but I want to pray and get into our text on one anothering, um, but I just want to give you a brief update on how Violet's doing and, and share with you and give you our thanks as a family. So, Father in heaven, thank you for today. Thank you so much that we have the freedom to gather together and worship you and lift high the name of Jesus and exalt the name of Jesus. Thank you, that, thank you for this family. Thank you that you are so good. Thank you for your goodness to us, your faithfulness to us today. We rejoice in who you are. We rejoice in your goodness and your faithfulness today. Lord, would you just open up, Lord, your word, open up our eyes to, to read your word and our ears to hear your word and our lives to be transformed by it today, we ask. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Well, our passage today is Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. If you have your Bible, would you turn with me to Hebrews chapter 10? Verse 24, <clears throat> it's just one verse, but I'd like to read the context around that uh, today, if I may, just the verses before and after. Um, Hebrews chapter 10, we'll start in verse 23. It says this, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. You know, I, I, I've been in this passage for like six weeks preparing. Um, and I, I want to tell you that this verse 23 really has been uh, ruminating in me all week as we've walked through this. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. That's our verse for today. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. That's the English Standard Version. The King James says, uh, says in verse 24, it says, Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. Let us consider one another to provoke, everybody say provoke, provoke, unto love and good works. The New American Standard says, let's consider how to encourage one another in love and good deeds. And the NIV says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Can you see 
the emphasis here, to provoke, to encourage, to spur one another. Spur one another on. Other translations say things like from spur to motivate, to encourage, to stir up, to prod, to poke, to provoke, to provoke. You know, as a family, uh, I don't know about you, but it, in August, we love, we love watching the Olympics. Anybody, any Olympic fans? We, we love watching. The, it was a little weird this year, being a year late. Um, but also the fact that there were no spectators in the stands, that was weird. Uh, but we, we love to watch the Olympics. And, you know, I, I was fascinated by um, uh, the Chinese, during the Chinese gymnastics team uh, demonstration, one, one, of, one particular, I don't remember which one it was, but in the stands, there's no spectators. There's just their teammates in the stands. And in the stands, you could hear them. I'm going to yell real quick, so I'm just going to cover my mic. Uh, you could hear them going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah! Like, like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> I, want to, I want to warn you. They did that over the entire routine. So their teammate is out there on the beam or whatever, and they're just like, I won't do it. <laughs> over and over and over and over. And I don't speak Chinese, and I don't understand Chinese, but I can tell you what it was motivating. It was motivating. It was like, it was a thing. It was, something was happening. They were saying something to her to get her to perform better. I'm not going to go into the fact that it's a communist country. Who knows what they were saying. But I, <laughs> I won't go there this morning. Um, but what I love about it is that um, they're cheering their team on, sometimes aggressively, sometimes very pointedly, some might say spurring. Some might say provoking. And see, this word provoking, provoke one another, the word provoke has this edge to it. It's not passive. To provoke is not passive. So he's saying, he, he's saying, provoke one another to love and good deeds. He's saying, consider how you might Prod somebody to do something good and love somebody. That's, that's, that is definitely not passive. But Hebrews doesn't just say provoke one another or spur one another. It says spur one another on to love and good deeds. We're not called to simply provoke. I'm talking to some Christians in this room this morning right now. Some of you are literally on Facebook right now, and you're doing it. Stop it. We're not, doesn't say provoke one another, period. You guys, you're not, you know, come on. It says provoke one another to love and good deeds. You see, he pairs this word provoke, this powerful, uh, provocative, evocative word that's a, that is supposed to, it's getting something from you. You're supposed to do something very active with it. And he's saying, pair that activity with love and good works. Okay. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> love. We talk about it a lot. 
As Christians, we talk about love a lot. We use that word a lot. We talk about it in many different ways, but love is not simply warm feelings. Love is something that we do as well as a way that we do it. As a community here at Vineyard Boise, we talk regularly about how we love our community, how to love them well through our food bank, through our facility, through N4, through I-61, even through our collective response to this pandemic and the requests of our city and our state leaders, we've talked repeatedly about how to love well. How to love well. And sometimes that rubs me the wrong way. But it provokes me to love well. We do loving things in a loving way. And what this verse is saying is to challenge each of us to keep doing them. Keep doing loving things in a loving way. You know, some theologians actually suggest that Hebrew was written not just to a large number of Jewish people, which it was, but a large number of Jewish people who, many of whom were priests, who had become, who were Jewish priests who had become obedient to faith in Jesus Christ. Now, love and good deeds were not foundational to the life of a Jewish priest at this time. Obedience, service, ritual, order, that was all there. But love and good deeds. The, the writer of Hebrews is asking them to not, like, in all of your ritual, in all of your religion, in all of this that you're doing, make sure not to forget to spur one another on to love and good deeds. Don't forget love. In multiple places, it, it, this portion of scripture is translated, we read it, good works, good works, good works. It's, it's mostly translated, actually, good deeds. Good deeds. Good deeds can sometimes be a tired term. Good deeds. That's not a Christian term, solely. Lots of people use that term. Oh, you did a good deed. You go, you, you do a good deed. Oh, I don't do a good deed. Good deeds, it kind of, it's, it's feels a little bit cheap. It feels a little bit chintzy, like, oh, I did a good deed. That's what the Bible calls it, though. Works that are done for the good of others. In our society, this sometimes overused term can cheapen the depth of its meaning, but good deeds or good works should be done, should be one of the hallmarks of the presence of the family of Jesus in a particular community. I'm going to say that again. Good deeds or good works should be one of the hallmarks of the presence of the Christian family, the family of Jesus in a particular community. Ephesians chapter 2, here's just a, a few verses about it. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Matthew chapter 5 verse 16 says, In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see what? Your good works and give glory to your Father who's in heaven. Acts chapter 9 verse 36 says, Now there was in Joppa a disciple named Tabitha, which translated means Dorcas. She was full of good works and acts of charity. This is just three of a whole bunch. The New Testament is full of this concept of you should be doing these good things. They went about doing good works. They did good works. They did good deeds. Over and over and over, we hear this. 
there are so many more than this. But what I love about this passage is it doesn't just, that we're in today, it doesn't just simply say, go and do good works. Because that is the command, go and do good work. We are, we are supposed to do that. What's interesting about Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, however, is it specifically instructs us to provoke someone else to do good works. That's different. That's different. He's not just saying, go and do something good. He's saying, go tell somebody else to go and do something good. That's weird. (laughs) Earlier in Hebrews, the author talks about moving on to maturity and leaving behind the the baby stuff of our Christian walk. Going into more grown-up things. And one way we can do this is by listening to the challenge of others. The one thing about the thing about one anothering, that's, that's the term we, we, we've talked about in this series, one anothering. The thing about one anothering is that you can only do it as a one another. There's no solitary one anothering. It can only be fulfilled together. All of these, all of these uh, commands that we're talking about for one another, one another, one another, one another, none of them can be fulfilled in isolation. The thing about one anothering is it has to be done together. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 says, Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who's alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who's alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly Broken, together, together, together. This concept of together can't exist in a vacuum. You see, as a Christian, you are one of another. As a Christian, you are one of another. Whether you participate online or on campus or in a hybrid of those, one another cannot exist with just you, just you alone. The point is that we're to work on this and work this out Together, one anothering, this term we have kind of created, is a verb that can only exist in the environment when one another is also a noun. Sorry, I'm going to go all homeschooler on you for a second. (laughs) One anothering is an action that can only exist in an environment where one anothering is a person, place, or thing. This concept of one anothering can only exist when it's also a person, a place, and a thing. It's not just something that you do, just in a void, in isolation. We're all a bunch of nouns, and when we get together, we have the glorious opportunity to verb. All right, my nerding is done. 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12 says... For the body is not one member, but many. You and I, see, we're, we're one of another. We don't exist in a solitary environment. So let's, let's read our passage again, Hebrews chapter 10. Starting in verse 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. 
And let us consider how to stir up, provoke one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together. Put your finger on that. Not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. As I've been preparing this message, every time, I said we, we kind of created this term, one anothering. Um, every time I would type one anothering into my Mac, <laughs> it would change it. It would change it to one smothering. <laughs> I am not... I'm not joking. Every time, I, I had it a few times in my notes. Even last night, I kept missing, like, I, it would just change it to one smothering, because those are actually words. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's kind of ironic. Um, I took it as a sign from the Holy Spirit. You know, by nature, I'm kind of an introvert. Uh, by profession and life learning, I've become more extroverted, and now kind of I'm an ambivert. I can do both if, I, if needed. But, you know, by nature, I'm kind of a, a, I don't do as well one-on-one. And sometimes, like my MacBook, I can think of it more along the, way, along the lines of one smothering. When we talk, start talking about this concept, I get a little bit like, oh, do I have to? Is it all of us together? Like, you know, it's like when you go to, that, to the restaurant after church and you think it's like six people and 37 show up and you're like, oh, do we have to move all the tables? Like, and then you're the one that stays after to tip them really big and put the tables back for them. Like, if you've never experienced that, you probably are that person. So, okay, that's a, your tip for the day. <sighs> yeah. One anothering, this, this art of being together graciously and treating each other the way we need to be treated in order to feel loved and respected and honored as a fellow Christ follower and sister or brother, it's hard. It's not easy. The reason it's commanded and spoken about like this, and he, and he just speaks about it directly, is because you probably won't do it otherwise. I, I probably, if, and I read it in scripture and I go, okay, I need to do that. See, he gave us this instruction, this reminder so that we would do it. And not just let it slide like, oh, well, you know, pandemic, so. Don't, don't even play with me. Some of you have been using this pandemic for a lot of things. <laughs> like, oh, you know, COVID, so. <laughs> Yeah, you, you do. I do, so I know you do. Okay. In this ecosy- it's, the, it's in this ecosystem of church that provoking one another to love and good deeds can even exist. The instruction to provoke is predicated on the assumption that we are a one another already. He says provoke one another. It doesn't say pro- go provoke a stranger to love and good. Provoke somebody that you know and love. It's predicated on the fact that you know and love somebody in the body of Christ. It's difficult to do the confrontational parts of one anothering if there's no buy-in or relational capital to go off of. So that's why a lot of us like... Can I, can I preach this morning? Is that okay? All right. Sometimes we like to just go just... We like to just commit to a church just enough so that we... We are fed, right? And we 
uh, we have an opportunity and a space to worship, and we feel a little bit connected. But we don't want to push too far in because we don't want that commitment. We don't want that authenticity. Sometimes we don't want that kind of, uh, dare I say, accountability. I'm telling you this because it's me, you guys. I'm pointing at you, and I have, you know, all these fingers pointing back at me because it's real. That's the way we are because we're people. We're people. We're human. So sometimes it's difficult to commit and press in and say, okay, this is my family. I'm in. Yeah, let's provoke one another to love and good deeds. Because the provoking part is hard to hear sometimes. You know, the fluff is nice. The, the, the warm fuzzies, those are all nice. The love is great. But when someone calls me to love and do good, I'm like, well, what are you doing? That's not addressed in this scripture. It does not say, in turn, then ask your brother. It doesn't say that. It just says, go provoke somebody to do good and to love. Period. So our invitation today is to press in, not retreat. And in difficult times like we're in right now, and they just seem to be getting weirder, in weirder times, we press in and we lean in to one anothering. And we provoke one another in those places that are safe to love and do good. You see, all of this has to be based on some level of relationship. And relationship is not completely accomplished. You're not going to want to hear this, so plug your ears. Relationship is not completely accomplished right here in this meeting. I mean, I'm talking to you, but, you know, like, you're not talking to me. So we don't have a, like, I, I am not getting to know you. I'm going to be really honest with you. I am bringing the word of God to you as humbly and as you know, faithful as I can do that. But this is, this is where that can begin, and it should. This is the start of something amazing in the body of Christ. This meeting is the beginning. It's the tip of the iceberg to find out everything that's available to you and to me as we get in relationship with one another and we one another together in the body of Christ. You and I, we are one of another. And when we lean into that, God changes our lives. God changes our lives. The Bible talks about it's iron sharpening iron. It's iron sharpening iron. We need that. Men of God, we need that. Women of God, you need that. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how young you are. We need that iron sharpening iron. In other words, one type of material sharpening the same type of material. A believer sharpening a believer. You're not being sharpened by what you listen to on the radio. Well, in fact, some of you, it's like the opposite. Oh, man, I'm sorry. But what I do want to say, it's like we, we, we take all of these things in. Like, I, you know, I think podcasts are the biggest danger of this. Like, like you know, I fed, 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 food, 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 food. That's not sharpening me. I'm called to be sharpened. Iron. Sharpening iron. I'm not sharpening that podcast. So that can't happen there. You see, it's in a relationship that that can happen. And so what I'm, I'm calling us to this morning is to hear this, this call from the Holy Spirit today for, to relationship. I am 
provoking you. I am saying to you, we're leaning into relationship, to love, to good deeds. This large format, I love, I love weekly church stuff. I love it. I love the schedule of the church. I love the calendar of the church. I love it. I love the liturgy of the church. I love it. That alone does not produce the one another. You and I do. Meeting together. And it's beautiful. You know what I love about this Hebrews chapter 10 is, you guys, it doesn't just say, it doesn't just say provoke one another. It says consider how we may provoke one another. I love that. He says to consider, to think about, to come up with ways that you and I might do this. To come up with ways that we could, we could do it. Like we could, well, how could we provoke one another? He says, consider it. Think about it. Dwell on it. Dwell on how we could do it. How could it be done? I think he was giving that instruction to the church at that time because they had some issues gathering together. There was some legal stuff coming up back then. There was some, this was, this was uh, like a few decades before the, 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 the fall of the temple, and Christians had been scattered kind of throughout the Roman world, and suddenly there began to be some restrictions on Christians, and what Christians could and couldn't do, and what Christians could and couldn't say, and where they could and could not go, and where they could and could not meet. And in that very familiar time, to us, he's saying, you might consider how you could do this. You might consider how you could still spur one another on to love and good deeds. In other words, just because you feel like things are being a little bit more restricted on you doesn't give you a pass card to stop doing the love and the good deeds. I love it. Consider how we may. Think about ways to do it. Think about ways to spur one another on, to to provoke one another to love and good deeds. If I could have the worship team uh, come on up. You know, as a, as, a, as a guy, I'm thinking, you know, how can I provoke and challenge other men to be better men, better dads, better husbands, better leaders, better employees, better employers? How can I, how can I provoke you? Women, it's, a, it's the same thing. How, how can you provoke one another to be Better to be, to love and good deeds to prevent, to press into that. How can you provoke one another? We're supposed to consider this. Teens and young adults. How can you provoke one another? How, how can, what are ways that, that you could get together and provoke one another to love and good deeds? What are those ways? So, What I want us to do is, as the worship team's coming this morning, I want us to ask God, what what are my next steps? What are my next steps? Holy Spirit. What's your next step in this one-anothering process? Let's stand together this morning. You know, 
human nature. It's human nature to say to to wait for someone to reach out to you. You know what I'm talking about? It's like it's human nature to be like, I'm just gonna wait, see if somebody asks me to be in their life group. That's just that's the way we're built. It's the way we're designed. We wait to see if someone else will reach out to us. And we want someone else to reach out to us. We want someone else to provoke us to love and good deeds. We want someone to... That's not what's being said here. He's saying, you do it. You do it. You step out. You provoke one another to love and good deeds. It goes against my human nature to be like, I just want to wait. And I I don't know if I'm going to go to the life group table today. I'll just wait and see if anybody asks me to be in their life group. Well, our challenge today is for you to reach out. For me to reach out. For me to be the one that steps out. To go against human nature and to me step out and do the participating. Do the one anothering. Do the provoking. Me. I step into that. See, each one of these things we're going through. Love one another. Greet one another. Provoke one another. All these things. These are things that I am supposed to do. These are things you are supposed to do. One anothering is not something other people that you wait for other people to do to you. One anothering is something you and I begin to do with other people. And it takes those steps to say, I'm going to step into this. So what is God speaking to you this morning? Holy Spirit, would you speak to our hearts right now? How are we supposed to step further into this concept of one another? How are we supposed to do it? In my life, in my marriage, in my family, in my kids, in my career, everything that I have going on in my household, how am I supposed to step in? What are my next steps, Father, into this concept of one another? This morning I was reminded of a verse out of Titus chapter 2, verse 14 that says, we are people who are zealous for good works. We're people that are lit on fire for good works. We're, We're supposed to be lit on fire to go do good works. We're supposed to be zealous for good works. So I'm inviting us to gather a little bit closer around the flame of zeal for good works this morning. Maybe you've been feeling like, yeah, I need, I need to just step out. And do, I need to, I've been feeling like I need to, I don't know. I, you know, I have a lot of examples rolling around in my head, but you know, one time my, my kids and I felt like we were supposed to go down to the park and every Monday I had Mondays off at the time. We were supposed to go down to the park and we were supposed to, um, we, we bought a loaf of bread and, as, and lunch meat and cheese and coffee and we made as many sandwiches as that loaf of Roman meal would, would serve. And we would put them all together and we'd go and we'd hand them out at the park and we'd pray with people and be done every Monday at noon. 
We did that for one year. We just felt like we were supposed to do that. And so I don't know if that, I feel like I'm supposed to say that to somebody. Some, sometimes It's not something you maybe need to wait for Vineyard Boise to be doing. Maybe you just need to step out and coach that team or step out and encourage that kid. Can I tell you, as a parent, one of the most encouraging things to encourage me and provoke me to love and good deeds? You know, have you ever been, every parent in this room will know exactly what I'm talking about. When somebody looks at you that knows your experience and they look at you and they say, hey, you're doing a great job. Parenting's hard. You're doing a really good job. You look at that mom in the store with three little kids climbing all over her cart with snotty noses and COVID everywhere. And she's just like, just find me the cereal. Like she's just like barely, and you just look at that mom and you say, parenting's really hard and you're doing a really good job. You want to talk about provoking, provoking somebody to love and good works? That will do it right there. She will walk out of there feeling and doing good. You want to provoke a dad to love and good works? You look him in the eye and say, parenting is hard. You're doing a really good job. Provoke somebody to love and good works. Let's consider how, what's the Holy Spirit doing in your heart right now? Maybe instead of joining a life group today, you're going to go out to that life group table and you're going to say, hey, I want to start a life group and it's going to meet on this day and we're going to do this thing. That's fine. Do it. I don't know what God's speaking, but God is speaking in this room. Because coming out of all of this, uh, where we've been and, and all the limitations and headed into where we're going and so unknown, do you know what? People need hope and people need life. And do you know how that comes? That comes through love and good deeds. The hope of Jesus, just like we read a minute ago, it says they're going to see your good deeds and they're going to glorify your Father who is in heaven. The way people come to the Father is because you're doing things that are good and you're loving people. I'm doing things that are good and I'm loving people. That's the way they come to the Father. Lord, we want to be a people that are zealous for good works. Would you speak to our hearts this morning? Would you just say, come Holy Spirit. Speak to our hearts, Lord. Speak to my heart. Lord, today we want to consider consider how we can provoke one another to love and good works. That's what we want to do. Lord, put ideas in our hearts. Put ideas like right in our, our row of people right now, our families, our, put, our, put ideas right at our tables right now about how we could provoke one another to love and good deeds. We want to be the example of Jesus in the earth today, God. We want to be living on fire for you, God. A people who are zealous for good works. So Lord, right now in the name of Jesus, I ask that you give each one of us courage to step into this next season, these new steps that you have ahead of us. Whatever they are, God, what are the, the next steps, God? Even if that's just, I'm going to go to the meet and greet today and see how I can get plugged in. Whatever the next steps are today for each one of us, God, today, Lord, I just bless each person here today in this room and online tuning in right now in Jesus name I bless each one and Lord I ask that you would speak to our hearts guide us direct us show us the people to talk to the simple things to do 
the kindnesses we can show, the good deeds we can step into, the love that we can be an example of in our households, in our places of work, in our cities, in our communities, in our neighborhoods. Let us consider how we may provoke one another to love and good deeds today, God, we ask. Oh, and we give you all of the glory, God, today. We do, God. We give you all of the praise, and we say thank you for everything that you're doing. Thank you for speaking to our hearts and directing us. Thank you, Lord, that even if we, we don't even hear something right now, God, that you're leading us, would you lead us? Would you direct us this week, God, today, this week, this month, this year, God, would you lead us into this thing of one another? And God, we ask in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you. God bless you. If you need prayer for any reason, we want to pray for you. We want to pray for you. If you need prayer, just coming up to the front this morning, we'd love to pray for you and agree with you together in prayer to see God do what you're looking for him to do in your life today. God bless you. Thanks for listening. To respond or receive prayer after the live stream closes, please email prayer at vineyardboise.org. And if possible, include your phone number. We'd love to get in touch with you. Thanks.